This is Supernatural Selection on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com, hosted by Kevin the Bastard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week is Mr. David Davis. David, how are you doing this week? I am doing okay. Tired, but okay. Both pretty freaking tired right now. That y- you know, that's you know, we're, we're gonna be a freaking amazing. Yeah, that's how it is on this hell of an earth. So you're you're not wrong. We are living in a hellscape that is just branching out like various uh, various uh, 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 expansions of a Masters of the Universe toy set. <laughs> it, it's like current events right now should be popping. We we really are. We are like I fully expect a COVID mountain set to come out for the new Masters of the Universe toys. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, I have got the new He-Man and Skeletor, and let me tell you something, man, they are awesome. Awesome. I cannot tell you how awesome these things are, so... What what did uh, you just crack in the background there? That is a Coca-Cola Zero sugar, so that I will wake the fuck up, because holy shit, I am tired. Uh, it has been a long week at the liquor store. We have had a lot of people asking for Patreon, which is sitting on a boat somewhere, a uh, Patron, <laughs> sitting somewhere in Mexico. And they've been asking for all sorts of things that are sitting on boats in other countries that we can't get. Yep, supply issues everywhere. We are living in the post capitalist uh, man. apocalypse, man. It's crazy. Let me tell you, the one thing I want people to remember is you're living in a post-apocalyptic hellscape with a pandemic. So mm-hmm. please be understanding with the people that work in the retail environments you're in. We don't have a control over what's going on. All we can do is tell you, hey man, it's sitting in Mexico. You just got to wait. Yep. So Yeah. So, David, this week we're talking about, and I say this every fucking week, this is one of my favorite topics, <laughs> uh, because I only talk about my favorite topics right now because we've got that as an option. Uh, we're going to talk about, as an end piece to what me and Mike the Skeptic talked about last week with UFOs, this week we're talking about the Men in Black. Galaxy Defenders? I wish, man. If these guys were the good guys, I feel a lot better about the universe in general. (laughs) So what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the real men in black. The men that show up after, like, horrifying... Actually, it's not even horrifying. What it is is these guys will show up after, like, a UFO incident that doesn't mean anything and scare the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And then people will be like, oh, my God, I saw them. I seen them men in black. And I, I've i got my own theories about this. We'll get into that later. Yeah. I'm sure you've got similar theories about this. I'm sure. But let's talk about their origins for a minute. Like, first off, there have been sightings of men wearing black out. All right, that's getting cut out. I just <laughs> pulled my uh, headphone jack out of the microphone because <laughs> I am nothing if not amazing. God damn it. <laughs> so, 
fuck me in the doo-doo hole. We're going to start over. <laughs> okay. So, okay, sorry about that. So the men in black have been reported for a long time. There have been reports of men wearing black suits throughout his history, which could be uh, related to, like, the, uh, what's it called, the Red Room? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, if we want to get, like, real deep, there's, like, a man in black in the Red Room with, like, a dwarf what plays music and a woman who has been murdered. <laughs> but we're not really going to get into that uh, because it's kind of hard to link it up other than, like, they're wearing black. It could be anything. Like, and in the whole idea of, like, Wicca and all that, there's like, oh, we're going to sell our souls to the man in black. It's like, okay, could be Johnny Cash. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Uh, I'm going to let that slide, though. What we're going to talk about is the modern incidents of the men in black. So, this all really started with a man named Albert Bender, uh... What are you familiar? Are, are you familiar with Mr. Albert Bender at all? I know you're a fan of the Man in Black, so right. I, I am a little bit familiar with him, uh, like just like the the basic story of the encounter. Right. Okay. Well, Bender was what I'd like to call a proto nerd in that, like today, he would probably have a subscription to Fangoria. and like have some really awesome friends. He would have like. You know the people you hung out with when you were in high school that, like, were really into horror movies? Mm-hmm. That's Albert Bender, but in the 50s. Yeah, I, I would have been his friend, I imagine. Oh, totally. <laughs> I would have been over at this dude's house every week, and if he had told me about the Men in Black, I would be like, dude, that's awesome. Let's talk about this. Time to watch Vampyra. Yes, exactly. It's time to watch Vampyra. It's time to talk about vampires. Let's talk about the the Frankenstein's monster, whatever. Mm -hmm. So this guy lives with his stepdad in the attic, which I'm not going to go into a lot of details about how weird it is to live in your stepdad's attic. Like, that involves a whole lot of dead people (laughs) to end up in your stepdad's attic. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And this guy immediately is like, I'm going to turn this into my house of horrors. He starts hanging up like fake bats and spiders and skeletons and painting weird Lovecraftian monsters. Because he was into that shit in the 50s. Now now see, what you just described is how Holly and I decorate our current apartment. See, so. I know I know people like that, and I love going to their house because it's like, holy shit, this is awesome. I wouldn't want to live here, but I love hanging out here. That, that literally just described like half of the houses of my friend Ruben's. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. I really wish Albert Albert Bender had been born like forty years later, just so we could like hang out with him and be like, No, dude, that's cool. <laughs> so like he wouldn't feel so alienated. I really sympathize with Bender. I imagine he'd have a lot more anime statues if he was born later on though. Oh my god, he would have like cutie honey statues all over the place. He'd have a few Gundam models. Oh yeah, no, totally, dude. This guy would be like a bubblegum crisis fan like me. <laughs> like he'd be into like the old shit like People will be coming over like, hey man, have you ever seen this anime? No, but have you ever seen Yurisi Yatsura? <laughs> Lum is my bae. 
So I totally get that. He's he seems like I I hate to say it. He seems like a cool guy. I'd he does. With him. He does. The end. So it really starts though before him with Kenneth Arnold. I know you know who Kenneth Arnold is. We're gonna go over this in the the whole description just so people know who Kenneth Arnold is, but like you know who Kenneth Arnold is, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I wanna like I want you to dive into it because I love the way you talk, man. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Please put your penis up and do not masturbate <laughs> while I discuss this. So Kenneth Arnold, in 1947, he was a pilot who had the first modern sighting of flying saucers over Mount Rainier. Now, he was looking for a downed aircraft at the time, and he saw these, I don't remember, I think it was like nine craft, silver, skipping through the air, like, you ever skip a, a... I think I brought this up with Mike, actually, and that's why I didn't bring it up here. But, like, it's like if you skip a rock across the water of a lake, that's what he saw. Nine silver discs Mm -hmm. doing that, and he lost his shit and reported it. And it made its way through, like, the media because it was like, crazy dude sees flying silver coins in the sky. (laughs) So... Bender is a prime candidate to yeah. become obsessed with this because he has OCD. All right. He knows where everything in his room is at all times. You know, mm. he's that kind of guy. So, kind of like somebody who gets really into supernatural, he gets yeah. into UFOs. Okay, so my question is, was he diagnosed with OCD like, at the time, no. or was this like a post? This is a post-bender uh, diagnosis, because people read his journals, uh, the descriptions of everything that happened, the way he talks about his room, and they're like, oh, this motherfucker has OCD, because he knows where everything in his room is at any given time, unless mm-hmm. someone fucks with it, which is what comes up during the Men in Black episode. Everybody's like, oh, oh, you've got it. You have so got it. This could, this dude might be on the spectrum, which I don't know if we've talked about this. A lot of people that get involved in UFOs tend to seem to be on the spectrum, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Because it's like the people that do get obsessed with it see something weird in the sky and they're like, I have to know. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if I were on the spectrum and I saw something that I couldn't explain in the sky, I'd be obsessed. Not yeah. saying that it happened. Y'all y'all don't point fingers at me. I'm not saying that happened, which it <laughs> did. But, so, he becomes obsessed with these UFOs after reading about the Arnold thing. He's like, holy shit, that's amazing. So, he starts an investigation group called the International Flying Saucer Bureau or the IFSB, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And because it's the early days, it's not like these days where, like, maybe you've got a subreddit with three subscribers that are your friends from high school. This shit took off in a huge way. It is one of the biggest UFO investigation groups by around 1951. Now, Now, can you imagine if they had access to Usenet groups? Holy shit, I can only imagine. Like, that... I would have been in there, dude. 
Yeah. Like 1995, I would have been in the IFSB Usenet group, posting pictures, making friends. There would have been parties. I would have bought like some KMB uh, ice cream and dumped it in the punch. It would have been <laughs> awesome. Like, how, how would you have, like, okay, you're a young man. You find one of these groups. How would you have reacted? I, like, seen something like that. Sorry, I had to move the cat off my desk. Uh, no. No, um, it's fine. She, she got real interested in UFOs. Uh, of course she did. No, like, <laughs> I, I just, I imagine, like, if, if the technology had been there sooner, how much more different the landscape for UFO investigation and, and study. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it would have been amazing. I like I there are some times where I think we're about thirty years too soon with the, this technology, and there are other times where I think we're about sixty years too late with this technology. Because like the U the early UFO networks like the IFSB and MUFON and everything, can you imagine how much more amazing it would have been if they had had Usenet or Reddit or any of this stuff. Like, we wouldn't... Or, or even just cell phones. Even man. that. Jesus. God, man. He could have taken a photo in the theater of what's coming up. Yeah, so I, that's why I think the government was too slow to roll out the alien technology they recovered. Okay, so you're actually going with the whole they recovered this alien <laughs> technology from Roswell and rolled it out in 47. Well, like, they rolled it out later <laughs> after recovering it in 47. I'll let Mike argue with that on that because there's a part of me that's like, no, it makes sense. No, it totally does. No, totally. Like, if you're writing a... If I were writing a book, that's how I'd do this. Mm-hmm. All right, so Bender gets obsessed with these UFOs. He starts his organization, and he starts having these weird feelings that he's being watched, which I like to call mental illness. <laughs> so... I mean, like, seriously, you start see, you start looking at UFOs and then suddenly you start thinking you're being followed. I can only assume you're developing, like, schizophrenia, paranoia, all these amazing mental illnesses. Well, I mean, and that's assuming that he wasn't being followed. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, that's the thing. If you think you're being followed, that's not saying you're not being followed. Right. Right. So, he's sitting in a theater watching a new science fiction movie, because of course he is. Of course, And he yeah. looks over at an empty seat across the aisle from him. And the seat just mm -hmm. lets the fuck down, like someone suddenly sits in it. And this man in a black suit sort of materializes, looking oh, at the screen, wearing like... Either a fedora or a Hamburg style hat, depending on if you're in the in North America or Europe. But you know those hats with the brims. And he's looking at the th at the screen, and then he slowly turns his head to look at Bender, and Bender loses his shit because the man's eyes are shining at him like flashlights. He's part cat. I'm not going to lie, man. If I saw this in a movie, I'd pay extra. Yeah, no, you could just, like, see that visual. Like, that's, that's the thing I love about these stories, man, is just how cinematic they are when you hear them. 
Oh my god, I know. Like, if somebody did a fucking movie of the Flying Saucers and the Three Men, I would be down. Yeah. That's the book Bender wrote later in life that expanded all this. But, like, if they did a movie of that, holy shit, I'd be there just to see that scene where, like, this pale dude looks at him. It's like, you remember when, like, the 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 Nazis, like, lit up with a lightning from the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah. And one of them's eyes were just glowing? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I want Spielberg to do this movie so fucking bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I would, uh, I would pay to see that. Oh, my God. I know. So, Bender loses his shit at this. And he, like, blinks and starts rubbing his eyes because he's like, no fucking way I saw this. And the man vanished. <laughs> just was gone. Now, he looks behind him, and I didn't put this out in the outline because I love surprising you guys. <laughs> he looks behind him, and there's another dude in a black suit and a fedora staring at him with flashlight eyes. And he blinks, and that guy vanishes. That is spooky. I swear to God, man, like, okay, mental illness, sure, but, like, if I saw that and they didn't give me a warning with about, you're gonna see, like, government agents with flashlight eyes when they gave me the medication, I'd lose my shit if I saw that. Right. Now, I, I have a question for you. What, Absolutely. Why are they dressed like G-Men? You know what? We're gonna get into that. Okay, so here We're I am get getting into out of schedule possibilities of what that is why they're doing that now i've got some theories about that like if they're time travelers but like it's a 50s it works mm -hmm. like as an outfit it works like if these are time travelers that's the earliest this particular branch has to go so like all right we're gonna wear 50s black suits and it'll work great yeah but we'll get into that because you and me are going to talk about origins of the men in black. Because I've got like a whole section just mapped out for discussion. Because this shit is crazy. I cannot wait. Okay. So this guy, again, starts blinking like I can't be seeing this. And the dude vanishes. <laughs> so over the next few weeks, he has more brief instances like this. Where he keeps thinking he's being watched. And like... Motherfucker's spider sense OCD shit is tangling that something mm -hmm. is following him. And then one night, he comes home late from another science fiction movie. Again, I would have been hanging out with this guy in high school. Midnight showing of a science fiction movie. Tell me you wouldn't be there. Oh, no, definitely. He seems like he'd be the type to also crack jokes. He'd be Mr. Science Theater and that shit. Oh my god, he'd be the Tom Servo of the group. The end. <laughs> I would love to have hung out with Albert Bender. I'm getting it on record. I love this man with every order of my, of my heart. So, one night he comes home from a science fiction movie where he's had a particularly bad, like, paranoia thing where he thinks someone's following him home. Can we call them opens, episodes... Let's call them episodes. Yeah. Perfect. So he's had one of these MIB sort of episodes, and he comes home 
sneaks into the house to not wake his stepfather up. Again, I don't know how many people had to die for this situation to happen. I mean, he could have just like, been cool with his stepfather, too. We don't have to assume you people know died. No, well, I mean, obviously his mother died okay. at some point. And his father died before that. And, like, I'm not going to lie, man. This whole situation, I'm like, that is the coolest stepfather in the world where he's like, yeah, son, come on, move on into the into the attic with me. I'm cool with that. Mm. I Like, if I had a stepfather situation, I would hope to have a dude like this. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in that so, situation with my stepfather. I'm, like, super close with him. Yeah, I mean, like, this dude let his stepson decorate the attic like a fucking monster. Like a haunted like house. A, like, a, like a haunted <laughs> fucking house. Like, I would want to be my stepdad to be that cool just, with me if I had one. The stepdad's just sitting in the living room watching the news, and upstairs you hear the monster mash playing through the ceiling. Hey, it's like, you know what? I like this kid. <laughs> Shit, that's awesome! Like, come on, everybody out there listening, tell me you wouldn't love this dude as your stepdad to let all this shit happen. <laughs> so, all right, so Bender's got this section of the attic closed off for storage of files because, like I said, he started the one of the biggest UFO investigation investigation groups of the 1950s, the IFSB, the International. Flying Saucer Bureau. He has a shit ton of files because this shit shit took off. Mm -hmm. Like he was sending people like business cards for membership cards. Yeah, and this is before the days of Vistaprint. You couldn't just like fucking do that for free. Well, and, you know, and then like a good bit of marketing to call it the the bureau that gives it a certain sort of uh, credence as well. Oh yeah, no. Like, these days, somebody will be buying, like, a fake badge off of Bud K <laughs> to do this shit. Yeah. So, he's got this separate room where he's got most of his files, but he walks in, and, like, he can tell his books are misarranged. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, he's been post-mortem uh, diagnosed with OCD. Yeah. His room's fucked up, and he knows it. Like, that's the thing that gets me. He's got, IS, he's got OCD, and he knows someone has been fucking with his books, and he knows it's not his stepdad, because obviously his stepdad is way cooler than to go up there and go, what what he's got on the bookshelves. <laughs> All right, so he walks over to the storage area and opens the door, and there is a orange glow. Ooh. And standing... As soon as the orange glow gets, disappears, is a man wearing a black suit, black shoes, black pants, black jacket, black gloves, black Homburg hat, black tie, and a crisp, brand new white suit. And this man walks out after motioning Bender aside. And then two more men appear, uh, uh, materialize one after the other, and they exit as well. And Bender's like, what the fuck? Right, like, the high, strange, uh, high strangeness of all of this is just, like, when you read about this shit, it, like, it's enough to give you nightmares. It is three in the morning, I'm terrified bullshit. This is so... Fucked up. Like, if this happened to me at 3 in the morning, I can't promise I wouldn't blow my brains out. Alright? Oh this is, like, 
so fucked up. Three men walk out of a tiny room full of fucking filing cabinets. Well, and they're just they're just nondescript. They just apparate. Yeah, and they're not like modern uh, men in black where they look like Mediterranean. They're just pale white. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, they walk out. And you know what they do after that? What do they do? They explain everything about UFOs to him. Oh, my God. And they tell him, stop doing research. And with that, they go, poof, into an orange cloud with the smell of sulfur. So they were poo gas the entire time. They were put man. This whole podcast should just be poo gas because of how much it plays into it, man. These guys were just living farts in black <laughs> suits, like threatening. Dude, you imagine that? It's like stop talking about UFOs, or we gonna keep farting in your attic. <laughs> we're watching you. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so the next issue of the official IF. IFSB magazine, which let's stop for a second. These days, you can do a zine online. You can do a zine today going to like Kinko's. Do you, can you imagine how hard it is to do a fucking magazine in 1951, 1952? Oh, for to real. To release to like two to three thousand fucking people? Mm hmm. Jesus Christ, I can't even imagine how hard that would be. Now, how did he bankroll this stuff? That's what I, I have no. I'm assuming his stepdad was like, sure, man, as long as you don't rape anybody, go for it. Fuck. <laughs> That's my only guess. He's like, as long as you're not a pervert, just do what you're doing, man. Hey, Dad, I need to use, I need to use your diner's club card for an azine. All right, boy, just uh, please come home. <laughs> That's all I can think of, man. I don't know. It's horrifying in a way, but like, also, again... I respect his step his stepfather, because yeah. it's pretty fucking awesome to just like be like, yeah, man, put out your magazine. That's pretty cool. Hey, you got any more of them rubber bats to hang on the ceiling? <laughs> now, now, did Bender have guests who would come by? Like, did he have people in the, the oh, Bureau God, Network? Yes. Yeah, I imagine right. he probably had a lot of visitors. All right, he was the, what was the term? He was the... Um, he worked at the the scissor factory in town. Back back and when like, they used to have scissor factories in yeah. like a local scissors factory. Yes, <laughs> and he was the guy that made sure everyone was uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Efficiency expert was the term. Oh, he was, he was the a nitpicker. Efficiency. He was a professional nitpicker at a scissor factory and he would invite <laughs> friends from the factory over and scare them which good for him someone was getting laid in this process even if it wasn't him <laughs> like there's a part of me that's like i kind of think bender was just an overall hero like he's like the like ideal nerd he is he's like you remember the episode of The Simpsons where like, Nerd Nick, this better work. He's Nerd Nick, except nobody was asking him to do this. Uh-huh. He was just doing it because he was a good guy. Everyone was like, hey man, can I bring my girlfriend over and like scare her and maybe she'll give me a handy? <laughs> and Bender's like, 
Yeah, okay, I could do that. Do you want me to wear the gorilla mask? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to bring a girl over for you? No, no, I am perfectly satisfied making sure you get laid. (laughs) Like, I can't even imagine the situation there, but, like, I, I really honestly respect Bender, and I would, like, if he were to, like, materialize next to me right now, I'd give him a hug. Aww. I think if anybody in the UFO world deserves a hug, it's Alfred Bender. Mm. He is, Albert Bender has been through some shit. Yeah. So, after these spooks materialize, and I mean that in the FBI sense of the term. Yes. The last issue of his official magazine, Space Review, comes out. The very last. And he explains that he now knew the truth of the UFO phenomenon, but he could say no more and advised anyone continuing their research into ufology needs to be careful. Mm-hmm. Now, which, like, I, I've played a lot of ARGs, those uh, alternate reality games, those kind of, like, marketing things like, or those things where people yeah. make up stories and they do all these little features. Like, if I sure, were... kind of like Pokemon Go without the Pokemon. Or, or kind of like um, Ted the Caver or that sort of thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, just, see, like, imagining if this were an ARG, that is, like, an oh-shit moment. Like, that's a game-changer. Oh my god, dude, that is like... I can't imagine imagine how the game would go after that. Right? That would be amazing, man. And I really kind of wish ARGs would go more into this kind of thing. Because, like, that shit is amazing. Oh, we could probably talk about uh, ARGs in an episode as just like... Oh. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of cool ones out there. You, me, and Clark... I have talked to Clark about this, and we're going to do an augmented slash uh, uh, fake reality episode mm-hmm. because he is all about we're living in the Matrix. Uh-huh. So, like, we're going to talk about that. That's a given. Mm-hmm. So, I really look forward to this because I think ARGs are, are kind of like... There's a part of me that's like, maybe they're trying to let us know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just showing that, yeah. like, you can create a believable reality that is artificial, so who's to say that our current reality is not artificial? Oh, absolutely. That's an amazing idea, and I can't wait to talk about it in depth for, like, an hour and a fucking <laughs> half. So, all right, now, we've talked about Bender. After that, he quit the UFO phenomenon. He moved. He started running a hotel. He met the love of his life. He got married, and he lived a perfectly normal life i i see i feel like he probably like was still doing stuff on on the the sly i think he was submitting stuff to his uh his publicist Mm, yeah and keeping his name out of it because he did have a publicist that worked with him that uh was notorious for like embellishing things and i can't help but think maybe bender was still submitting this stuff and telling his wife no i'm out of it baby come on man what's <laughs> going on i'm not doing that shit anymore mean- meanwhile Dear instead of steve yeah yeah meanwhile instead of like a porn stash under the sock drawer he has a bunch of ufo files <laughs> yeah he's got like big black sunglasses like i'm not a gray so <laughs> 
Before we move on, I want to point out again that Bender, he has shown clear signs of obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. Just from like, you know, his, 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 if you read the detailed information about him, this dude was obviously OCD. And I need to point out, if you really want to read about this stuff, you can look in, uh, again, Unexplained <laughs> by Jerome Clark. And The Real Men in Black by Nick Redfern. Nick Redfern has written so many books about the men in black. Just check him out. He does nothing these days other than collect information about the men in black. You're going to love his stuff if you're into this. He has got some incredibly detailed reports. And we're going to talk about a few of those that I have not put in the outline because I want these to be surprises. They are amazing. So, that's our resources. Alrighty. Again, again though, Albert Bender, clear sons of OCD. Secondly, he was prone to seizures. Mm. And what's one of the telltale signs of seizures but smelling strange things, including sulfur? Right. Uh... Thirdly, this guy probably on the spectrum, all right? Yeah. Just from the fact that he becomes obsessed with subjects and starts writing stuff about him, he puts out magazines about him. Come on, man. I mean, like, that's a given, right? I mean, like, in the 50s? Yeah, I mean, with, with his behavior like that, that's, like, far outside what was the norm. But also, like, you know, it may not have been as outside the, the norm as we think because like when, when it comes to like behaviors like that they tend yeah. to go unrecorded but uh, like a yeah. lot of people had stuff like that going on they just were very like careful about showing it which which family goes, was careful about showing yeah, it. Which, yeah which you know goes to show why his uh his newsletter or i'm sorry his his magazine uh was so big at the time it's because there were a lot more people into that stuff then in hiding yes yeah yeah and like you know that if this had happened in the 1980s it would just be a magazine about the bionic six (laughs) yeah yeah he uh he he definitely would have been caught up in some sort of fandom we're just fortunate it was like ufo fandom yeah and not like say ted bundy or even mask yeah or like you know if it were 10 years later he would have been like the first one of the first star trek zine publishers oh my god this dude would have been so into digimon (laughs) oh my god so and the fourth thing i want to bring up is bender's family had a history of seeing phantoms and you can make of that what you will they saw like women in black Mm -hmm. women in white they had like a haunted house in their history like his whole family had a history of seeing like specters, spooks, and ghosts, and phantom apparitions showing up. So, like, make of that what you will. I mean, you could say it's like mental illness running in the family, or you could say he had like psychokinesis, some kind of psychic phenomenon running in his family that made him open to accepting this stuff right and i have a theory on that but i think it'll fit in later when we talk about like the origins of these things okay well actually i would love to hear it right now because we're about to go into a little bit of that well it's time for everybody to pour yourself a drink and take a shot because it is the superstructure 
Hang on, let me get my uh, <laughs> bottle of Rebel here and take a shot. Go ahead while I do that. So yeah, basically the idea is, you, you, you mentioned it in the description, they they saw women in black, they saw, they, they had phantom encounters and that sort of thing. So again, if we think of reality as being something that things from another dimension can bleed into, it just seems that maybe in his family they were, they were there was some sort of uh, awareness of this bleed. And that these things, based on the time when they are seen, right. are, are shaped to the period. So a woman in black, uh, you know, a mourning woman could be a ghost. Sure. You know, people, rec- people see a woman in black. It doesn't stand out too far and it doesn't stand out too much in like the 1880s. You know what I mean? We have a family specter. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, so. That's a thing. People have like family ghosts that they talk about. Like... Not in the U.S. per se, because we're only like 200-something years old, but like in the U.K., you got like thousands of years of like, we have a guardian specter that watches our family. I don't know why I went with that accent. Yeah, that, that's not U.K. That at all, at all. But. No, not even remotely. But uh, one of the things I want to bring up about this whole idea of like the phantom specter is uh, what if he had fey blood in him? Yeah, you know, and that's also another thing, and that also can kind of relate to that idea of the super spectrum. And you know, when you, when you talk about him being on the spectrum, when you talk about him uh-huh. having OCD and that sort of thing, like this yeah. isn't like anything backed up by medical science, but there is that kind oh, of absolutely. Let's not put <laughs> yeah. science in here but, right now. <laughs> but there's kind of that belief that individuals with those kind of uh, brain patterns are more susceptible to phenomena. And it, it could be entirely possible that, like, be, you know, it's just something in his family history, in his in his genetics or something that makes him prone to these sort of things. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of this idea that maybe fey blood, whatever is bleeding over from the superstructure, is like has like bred into us over the centuries and allowed us the ability to sort of see and experience these things and like the entire idea of like the hybrid program that everybody talks about with the ufo abduction experience is just like the modern interpretation like we're trying to make it where like humanity can experience that dimension and interact more now now see i so i see it as more like you know how radiation can alter dna that like if I'd be curious to see if his family history has a lot of presence around like say ley lines or something like that, and just like continual exposure to that kind of weakened dimension. Like if you believe in this stuff, if continual sure. continual exposure to those areas of high strangeness has almost like a radiation effect, which then might you know cause that. Right. Alternately, lead paint. That too. I'm going to go with the lead paint might also be an option. Exactly. Like, because we're talking about old haunted houses. There might be some, this paint sure is tasty, Tim Jemima. Please let me eat some more. Plenty of black and, mold. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Just like, wow, ceiling's black. Oh, and here, here's the thing. Like, if someone dies in a house back then... They oh, didn't. Yeah. They didn't have the. Uh, they didn't have the ability to like clean as well as we do today with all of our oh, God, chemicals no. that and are I destroying mean, like, the environment. So like, if someone dies in a room, that room is like forever tainted by like. Oh God! Yeah, and presence. like, 
I mean, like, the whole idea of preservation of corpses really didn't come around in the United States until the Civil War, when, like, somebody died in the South and you had to ship them home because, you know, Johnny Reb shot him in the ding-dong. So mm-hmm. you've got, like, this whole thing of, like, well, we better hold awake for dead Uncle Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, like, they keep Jimmy in the room for two days and, like, I don't know if people today realize what a wake is. That's not just an honorable thing where you're, like, sitting with the dead for honor. You're making sure this motherfucker isn't dead before you put him in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of weird shit in old houses. Yeah, death wasn't so cut and dry back then. Like, no, you know, they, no. When they would bury people, they, they used to have, like, bells. And then, like, if the person oh, was still God, alive yeah. underground, they could ring the bell. They used to have air tubes. Imagine for a second waking up in a coffin. Oh, no. No, thank you. No. no. If I'm going to tell you right now, if it were the old days, I'd be like, in my will, before I die, please include a single-shot pistol in my jacket pocket before I die, because goddamn if I ain't going to go through that shit. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, man. Yeah. Like, the whole idea of an air tube and a bell, that's great and all, but, like, that's maybe one in 20 coffins has that shit. Yeah. Give me a gun. I'm done, <laughs> man. If I'm already in the ground, I'm like, well, we've already decided. Blam. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's his whole family had this weird thing, and I'm not necessarily willing to count all that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he was predisposed to maybe see these creatures that maybe Aleister Crowley let out. Oh, Interesting. Because I know on last podcast he talked about this. Like, the Men in Black really became a phenomenon after Aleister Crowley fucked up the the Moonchild ritual. And for those of you who do not know who Aleister Crowley is, he is uh, history's most powerful power bottom. Absolutely. Also, the best fucking Black Sabbath song ever written, dude. Mr. Crowley! Mr. Crowley! Yeah, no. Dude, go <laughs> fucking read about him. We're, we may do an episode on him in the future. I gotta find a good angle that hasn't covered everything and also <laughs> plowed into his bottom. But, like, <laughs> we, we're gonna do an episode about him at some point. Men have died over that power bottom. Men have fucking ended their lives... Because he wouldn't give them the attention they needed. <laughs> Can you imagine having a butt that strong? <laughs> My ass cheeks can drive a man insane. I mean, like, well, you I, imagine, I, I haven't tried, but I assume so. I haven't either, but like, can you imagine, like, look, somebody looking at your resume? Well, Mr. Heyman, it seems you have experience as a manager in retail. Uh, you have experience uh, working in a 55,000-square-foot store, and apparently your ass can drive a man insane. <laughs> Will you promise not to do that if we hire you? I promise nothing. I promise nothing. You will learn nothing from me. So... <laughs> So let's talk about a few Men in Black incidents. I know you've got some you want to talk about, and I know specifically we're going to talk about the Men in Black in Mothman, because that is like, while we talked about Bender and that being the origins of the Men in Black, they really, 
really didn't come into the forefront until the Mothman case. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That is like a given thing. Like the woman sitting there, she was like helping uh, John Keel out in the in the uh, researches, right? Yeah. And she's sitting there in her office and this... And everybody always sees a men in black as like giant, but this guy was like four foot twelve, which is an insulting way to say five foot. We had this friend who was five foot tall and she was real excited that she hit five foot, so we called her five foot twelve just to piss her off. <laughs> but this guy comes in and he's like what do you know about John Keel? Can you tell us about John Keel? I think John Keel is a liar. What can you tell us about John Keel? If someone asked you to stop researching UFOs, would you stop? What would you do? Please tell me more. I am normal. Number one, that would drive me insane. Oh my god. Yeah, no, totally. If some dude just walked up to my desk and just started doing that, if you're like, um... I believe the answer to all of those questions is go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because holy shit. Well, and, and the way that that, uh, the, that that characterization that you did just now with the incessant questioning, like no breathing, it's very childlike. It is. And it's it, like having yeah. like a five-year-old walk up. It's like, what is a can- what is candy? Can you give me candy? Tell me about candy. What is food in general? Where did food come from, Mommy? Please tell me. Tell me about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Where did the sort of power come from? All sorts of shit like that. Yeah, well, it's kind of like that that meme video of uh, Jonathan Frakes uh, on Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, where they yes. just, they added all the questions together. <laughs> I love that video so fucking much, (laughs) man. Because that is like me researching the paranormal. I just show up to people doing that. Yeah. So, like, I guess in a way, if I wore a fedora, I'd be one of the men in black. You you know? We'll get into that. (laughs) We'll get into that. That's one of the things. But, like, okay, so some dude comes up and he goes all Jonathan Frakes on her, right? (laughs) That's what we'll call it. Going Jonathan Frakes. Okay, so he's going. <laughs> I love that so much, dude. You cannot believe how much I love that. So he's going fucking, he's going Riker on her, and she's just sitting there nervous, clicking her pen, just click, 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 click. She's got like an old school ballpoint pen, and the man in black is just staring at it and goes, what is that? Please tell me what that is. What is that that you have in your hand? What is that that you are clicking? What are you doing? And she goes, It's a pen. <laughs> you can fucking have it. And just holds it out to this dude that's getting on her nerves. <laughs> and he just takes it from her hands, starts giggling, and runs out of the office. <laughs> Never to be fucking seen again. Yeah, that, that's what's great about these encounters. Like they they range from terrifying to completely ridiculous and surreal it's, and hilarious. I know it's like have a fucking slappy squirrel from Animaniacs show up in your office and just start talking to you. Suddenly there's this fucking cartoon character. It's like I like pens. <laughs> It's like a kids in the hall character showing up is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you have my my pen. Give 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 me my pen. I want so, pen. Give me pen. Pen. Give me pen. 
<laughs> so, dude runs out, and then, like, apparently later, he shows up at a dinner party where she is. <laughs> a dinner party with, like, 20-something people. This fucking man in black shows up with, like, a giant... You remember how... Uh, 8-track recorders used to be just two giant spools in a suitcase with buttons and, like, a little microphone attached. So, so I do not remember that because I probably was not born. (laughs) Okay, I'm 45. I remember these things. Basically, it's basically a giant tape recorder because imagine everything in a tape recorder is, like, three times the size it is today. Mm Mm-hmm. Alright, so it's a fucking suitcase with a tape recorder and a little, like a microphone like the kind you see in the 1940s radio shows. You know, the big, uh, big tumor with the black lines in it. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay, imagine that, but smaller. Yep. Okay, so this man in black shows up and is like, Hello, I am a friend, I am here to record, how are you? Hello, I am a friend, I am human, do not ask me questions. And he can't figure out how to work the tape recorder. <laughs> Apparently, he and didn't pay attention during the training program. Yeah, he fucking zoned out during that part going, I would like to masturbate, what is masturbation like? What is cum? Please tell me about human cum. So, he's <laughs> walking like around... the beginning the- of a... A really fun porn video. It really is. It's like, just like, tell me what cum is. Oh, I'll show you what cum is, baby. <laughs> so, he's walking around with his fucking suitcase and a microphone. And it's not working. And he's asking people fucking questions like, do you know about UFOs? What do you know about UFOs? Do you know John Keel? And everybody's like, fucking leave me alone, you weird little shit. so he goes up to the secretary again the one that's been working with john keel i'm not saying that john keel has been fucking this woman (laughs) no but given what i read in the mothman prophecies john keel is fucking this woman good all right i'm Good for him, good for her, whatever. I Man, if any UFO researcher that manages to get laid, I, I owe you a round of applause, <laughs> all right? So, dude walks up to her and it's like, if someone told you to stop researching into UFOs, what would you say, ma'am? Do you know John Keel? What about John Keel? And she goes, I tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. Which... I love this woman just for that. Mm-hmm. Like, she has been a smart ass to the men in black the entire time, and I'm like, that is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine just being a smart ass to what might not be a human walking around with a fucking suitcase tape recorder and a microphone, not even knowing how it works? She's going, What would you do if someone told you to do this thing? Tell me about this thing. And she just goes, I will tell them to go fuck themselves. And he's like, all right, thank you. Goodbye, ma'am. And leaves. <laughs> like, that is it. That is like he is, I have fucked up. I need to go back home and tell my superiors what has happened. They hear superiors. Here's what has happened. So he goes out, gets into a 1950s car. 
not any maker model that anybody recognizes. I really need to emphasize this. They get into like old school 50s cars, uh-huh. but not anything anyone recognizes. Well, like yeah. this isn't like a Cadillac yeah. or a Lincoln. It's like a blah, 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 blah model, blah, 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 blah. Well, and all these are like, again, with like the, the men in black figures and with these vehicles, they're all approximations. They're all like... It's someone's yeah. best guest, guess of the 1950s. Yeah. Which like, is... Try to be the most non- nondescript as possible. Oh my god, yeah. It's like fascinating how it's like, we're trying to be nondescript. Please do not put a logo on the car. And they just show up in this thing with like fucking fins on it. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, I think it was a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a Cadillac. Yeah, because it has the all the elements of like the different cars of the period. So you could... Yeah, it's like a 57 assume, Chevy yeah. without being a 57 Chevy. Yeah. And jet black. And it'll pull out with no lights on and then just fucking vanish. Yeah. And this keeps happening. And I don't mean just in the 1950s, except all the way up to the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Even in the UK, it's strange Fords. And that's the thing that gets me. In the UK, it's different models that could be mistaken for UK vehicles. Mm-hmm. But not a recognizable UK vehicle. Well, so again, it's, it's nondescript for the area. Yeah, exactly, which I love the fact that it's always like, it kind of works in the area we're in, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you know about the researcher in the vanishing coin, right? Yes, I love that one. Oh my god, where the dude's researching, and this is the thing, it's never a UFO case, it's like, majorly in the media, you know? Mm-hmm. It's never like... I saw a giant vehicle and 37 other people saw this. It may be the proof we need. It's always like, I seed me a light in the sky and it done disappeared. And then, yes. the, UF, then the men in black show up. Yeah, this is the it's, case it's, of uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins, right? Thank you. Yes, Dr. Hopkins has been doing, uh, I believe it was, uh, past, uh, uh, what is it, like uh What's it called? Past life regression? Therapy? Not past life, but like, uh, you know, where they have like buried memories. Yeah, re- uh, well, uh, okay, so re- regression therapy. Regression therapy, uh, thank from, you. From what I, I recall... did, in fact... It, yeah, from what I recall, it was part of a UFO case. Like, they were using the regression absolutely. therapy to... Yeah. Yes, because it was like a sign of a UFO. There was some missing time, but it wasn't like a major media thing. They didn't go to the news. I want to point out that I did, in fact, have a shot of Rebel <laughs> uh, Barrel Select from our store before we went into this, and that's why I'm having some slight <laughs> verbal problems. Oh, well, that's why I'm anyway, Thank you, David. You are fucking amazing. I love you so much. So, all right. So this guy's going into some memory regression. He's trying to pull, they're trying to pull back some information and they get something. And this researcher has it on tape and he gets a phone call from someone from, I believe it was the New Jersey UFO group. Hello, is your refrigerator running? Hello, is your refrigerator running? It may, in fact, be responsible for paranormal things. Can I come and talk to you about this? Would you like to talk to you? Know how to talk. <laughs> so, 
dude says yes, which I want to say like a fucking idiot, but the <laughs> thing about the men in black is when they call you and ask if they can come over or show up at your doorstep and ask to come in, they invariably say, you invariably say yes against your better judgment. Hmm. And I really want to stress that. It's never like, this is a good idea. It's always, this is a terrible idea. Yes, come in, sir. Mm -hmm. So a guy comes in, starts talking to him about the UFO case and telling him, you need to stop. In fact, you need to get rid of all your evidence of this case. And the guy is, like, big. Like, I don't mean like fat. I mean like, imagine, say, two Macho Man Randy Savages, savages coming to your living room tied together. Or, or like one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. There you go. Okay. Thank you for bringing it modern. So one The Rock <laughs> walks in, and he's pale, and he's got, like, some wires sticking out of his skin and then going back oh into his skin. Oh, God. And lipstick on. Because <laughs> he doesn't have actual lips. He just has a slit and lipsticks. Lipstick over his mouth to emulate lips. He, he, he jokered himself. Yeah, and he just keeps, like, touching the back of his hand to his lips going... Something is wrong with my lips. I do not understand what is wrong with my lips. I seem to be running out of energy. I do not understand what's going on. So, <laughs> anyway, Dupol says, You have the current contents of your pocket. You have your wallet, one coin, and a comb, and a ballpoint pen. Please take the coin out of your pocket. So, dude pulls a quarter out of his pocket. And, and this man in black says, Please stare at the quarter. And the quarter turns blue and vanishes. And then he says, Do you know what happened to Barney Hill? Do you know what killed Barney Hill? And the guy says, I don't know, a heart attack? And he says, That is almost true. What happened to the coin happened to Barney Hill. We can make it happen again. Oh, jeez. Well, and something, um, one thing, the, the, the man in black, uh, the man in black, he said something about like the coin never being on this plane again. Oh yes. Yeah. No, I totally forgot about that. Like yeah. it went somewhere. Imagine for a second, you're being threatened with someone sending your heart to another fucking dimension, like early Funimation Dragon Ball Z. Like, I'm not killing your heart. I'm saying, hey, sending it to another dimension. <laughs> so, fuck. I mean, like, shit, dude. Dude just made a coin disappear out of my hand and made it vanish. I'm going to do whatever the fuck he says. So, guy makes a coin vanish, says, that's what happened to Barney Hill. I can make it happen to you. Oh, no, I am running out of energy. Can you please help me to the door? I am running out of energy, and I cannot keep doing this. So, the guy helps him to the door, and there are just headlights in the driveway. I really want to stress it was just headlights. He never saw the vehicle. Yeah. So, the man in black walks after the headlights gets in and then the guy sort of 
wakes up and the headlights are gone. You know, and what's interesting about this encounter is like how the the man in black keeps talking about like he doesn't have the energy. It's like they you know, and just seeing the headlights, something, you know, in the description of the man in black with like all the wires, the incomplete kind of mouth thing. It's just mm-hmm. I, I, maybe they didn't get enough gas on the way over or something. Shit. So you're saying that they didn't stop the sit go long enough. Yeah, it's just they, they and, didn't uh, have enough resources or maybe they weren't close enough to. <laughs> yeah, I love that. The idea that they didn't stop the Exxon long enough to get gas. They, for they were her, still buffering because of the, the man in black. They were still buffering because of the interdimensional Wi-Fi. Was, uh, you know, it was bad. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I would love that. So, okay, so Hermie goes back to the car and vanishes, and the dude immediately grabs all of his, all of his information about this UFO abduction. And burns it in the fireplace because God knows I would. Yeah, I, I don't blame him for that. No, totally. I would not blame him for that at all. In fact, the fact that he reported this at all shows like an enormous amount of balls. Like, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, he told uh, John Keel about this incident, which. I know the book is called The Mothman Prophecies, but, like, seriously, the majority of it is about man in black incidents and just UFOs. Yeah. And I highly recommend reading this shit, because it is amazing. Uh, that is where I got that from. And then, like, uh, again... Uh, dude, what's his fucking name? I'm forgetting. Nick Redfern has like so much information about these things so let's, yeah let's talk about tiny the man in black this guy shows up and says you have gained he shows up in new jersey and tells his family like you have gained uh 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 what's it called when you inheritance from a dead relative i need to talk to you to make sure you're the person that gained this inheritance my name is tiny it is a joke please let me in so this mother and her, like, three children let this dude in and talk to him. Mm, bad Again, idea. But never, ever let a man in black inside. That's just a given. It is a terrible idea. So... Again, Tiny is like, there's something wrong with my lips. What is wrong with my lips? And he's got lipstick around his fucking mouth. He's got wires sticking out of his skin, going back into his skin. He is huge. He is... He's pale, but not like a gray. He's pale like a dead man. Like a reanimated corpse. Which, I really want to let that sit with the listeners for a second. You know? Mm-hmm. And he asks all these personal questions about the wife's husband's uh, history. And like, has he seen UFOs? Yes, he has. So he talked about that. About that. And she says, uh, Mr. Tiny, would you like some tea? No, but I will require a glass of water in 30 minutes to take a pill. So <laughs> they keep talking. In 30 minutes, Tiny starts turning beat red and goes I would like that glass of water please I need to take a pill please give me the glass of water so she runs and gets a glass of water (laughs) brings it back and he takes a pill and suddenly Tiny goes back to being dead colored finishes the questioning 
goes out, gets into a black shape with a pair of headlights, and vanishes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. They, you know, they never hear from this guy again. No one ever, there's never a second visit from the men in black. You know, and it's just, it's this thing where, like, you hear, you, you read about it, you hear about it. Sounds incredibly goofy, but when you put yourself in that moment, it is the weirdest, freakiest thing. Oh my god, imagine that. You're just cornered by this fucking undead giant who's like, I need water to take a pill, please give me water to take a pill, or things will go wrong, please give me the water. It's crazy. I can't even imagine the kind of balls it takes on anyone to go through that and then tell another human being that this happened. Mm-hmm. Like, and there have been other reports of Men in Black in recent years, and it gets more paranormal as it goes. You know, it's always like I saw someone in a uh, clothing store, and they were talking to me about aliens, and they had like a gray baby in the stroller, <laughs> and then just fucking vanished. Yep. It's like, that's horrifying. Again, need read Nick Redfern. This shit is amazing. And it becomes weirder and weirder the more you read. And like, I could, I, I don't know what I'd do if this happened to me. Yeah, I, I, I keep trying to put myself in those situations. And it's just like, I, I, I'd wonder if someone had spiked my drink or something. Oh my god, yeah, no, totally. I'd, I'd assume I was being gang-stalked, which on some level is way more, like, rationally believable mm-hmm. than Men in Black haunting me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so we've talked about some incidents that are just, like, in fucking sane. And there yeah. are a lot of theories about the Men in Black. One of my favorite being that Albert Bender... Being subjected to all this, these mental problems and the family history and everything created a tulpa or summoned a tulpa that had already existed. Mm-hmm. And that these things are feeding on our fear. I can get behind that. Like, yeah, I, I would they, love to have like a tulpa episode because that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean like these guys, they only show up when it's like a not inconsequential UFO. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm totally down with the idea that these are uh, thought form energy creations that feed on our fear. And that's why they show up to the inconsequential UFOs because there's no uh, government presence, there's no uh, press. It's just like, hello, how are you? I am here to talk to you about a thing you have discussed with no one. Let's talk about this thing. It's just—it's like Bob from uh, Twin Peaks. Exactly. Yeah. Which the theory? One of the theories is that Bob from Tim Twin Peaks is like the embodiment of the Men in Black, and he just like projects into this world as multiples. Mm-hmm. Which is a fascinating idea, and also fucking horrifying that anything that Dave and Lynch came up with could exist. Yeah, firewalk with me, baby. Oh, fuck that, man. <laughs> fuck all that shit that came out of his head. So, like... We, <laughs> shit. So, we've talked about them being tulpas. Uh, another theory is that they're aliens working with the U.S. government. 
which yeah. I, uh, like out of say base or whatever. Yeah, out of Dulce, you know, where they've got, like, the hybrid program going on and, like, all this. I guess we need to talk about, like, uh, government bases at some point, yeah. which would be, like, Dulce and, like, the Denver airport. Well, we'll have to talk about, like, the lizard people conspiracy because that oh, Jesus factors in all this. I'm going to have to let somebody else talk about that because I swear to God, if I talk about the lizard people, I'm going to lose my fucking job. <laughs> so... Anyway, the theory is that they're, like, also aliens employed by the government from the whole alien, uh, was it the government, the military alien industrial complex. Mm -hmm. That are just, like, aliens or animated corpses from that. Mm -hmm. Which, how, how do you feel about that theory? Like, Tulpas, I know you're all down with. Because, like, fucking tulpas and shit yeah like you know it, it sounds silly to like kind of like split hairs here but like the tulpas seem more believable to me than the other thing <laughs> i love that i love that like imaginary friends that have taken on physical form is more believable than the aliens <laughs> working with our fucking government it just it's it's i can't like explain it it's just like if i were to Think between the two of them, I'd be like, no, I, I, I could buy the, I could buy the Tulpa thing, but like, yeah, the, no, I, I'm tall, I am one hundred percent on your side. On you know, let, let me put it to you this way: Could you believe our government could hide aliens? Have you Man, seen those clowns in Washington? You are bathing in the Mike water right now because, like, <laughs> seriously, I'm, I'm there. I don't think the government could do that. So the Mike water has a refresh, uh, refreshing mint flavor. It does, and it's delicious. So, <laughs> the other theory, which is one of my favorites, but not one I believe, is that they are time cops. Mm. Like, they're time traveling, and their budget is limited. So, they're limited to their outfits to close enough. Mm. That's, Hint that's very funny. That That's like the setup for a movie or a TV show. Oh my god. You remember I told you about the time cop idea I had where like they pick up like a guy named Bob and like all the other members are like Rasputin and mm -hmm. Tesla and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And Tess and, and like Rasputin comes out with shades going, I make these look good. Yep. So yeah, I mean like I could see that to an extent. Cause like they're future humans, or maybe they're using, like, dead humans because they're closer to us than them, well, and they're sending them back, and, it, like, it also again. depends. It also depends on, like, time travel rules and what you believe. Like, I'm, I'm of that theory that, like, you can't time travel past the point uh, in which technology was created. I'm one of those see, people. See, I believe that if you've time traveled, it's been recorded that you time traveled already. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't alter the past, you're just completing the puzzle. Mm. Like, okay, if you time travel to eight, uh, like 1737, and you're, like, trying to stop something, well, you know what, your history already said you did that. Yeah. So, you're just fitting your piece into the puzzle, you're not changing anything, you're just completing the timeline. Right. So, it's like the grandfather paradox, but... Uh, I believe that's how time travel works. It's like the grandfather so. paradox, but with less incest. Yes. Or more incest. It just it depends on I you. You, you, you enjoy know, yourself. 
Hello, I am a dead man. Would you like to have sex with my dead penis? Hello. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine anybody answering the door to that and going, Take me, dead man! <laughs> I just can't imagine it. I don't know. So, <laughs> what you believe more in the Tulpa idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so again, it's a, it's about, like, energy. And I, I feel like it would be possible, like, of, of all these things, that you concentrate energy so much. I guess it extends to magic and the idea that, like, you write your own reality. I think magic, and I don't mean to sound like fucking Asimov here, but I believe that magic is just something that we don't understand that is highly advanced. Mm -hmm. So, like... Maybe it's a point in the future where we totally understand how reality works and our minds work with it. Mm -hmm. And we're, like, influencing the past. Or even now, like, maybe there's somebody that's like, holy shit, I get it. Yeah. So and then like, we yeah. call them crazy. Yeah, we call them crazy, we call it magic, but it's actually just Steve became God. <laughs> he became the Godhead. Yes, yeah, Steve became the Godhead and he didn't need the purple robes. <laughs> so, I think maybe that's it. I think maybe you're right about the Tulpa thing. That's just me. I think that uh, it makes more sense than uh, the government because if we've seen one thing in the last two years, the government is incapable of doing anything cohesive. Mm -hmm. So... And the time travel thing, I I just think that, like, you can't time travel and change the past. You just time travel and complete the past. Mm -hmm. So, it it just leaves brain ghosts. That is a great description. Brain ghosts. Fair enough. So, here, here's another question before we uh, wrap this up. How do you feel about the Men in Black? Do you, are you scared of them? Do you, are you okay with them? Did the movies do anything to help that? Well, okay. So, um, I was aware of the Men in Black before the movies. I think, the, I think well, at least the first movie is a lot of fun. I've not I even think seen you the and other me ones. I, I both think I've seen the knew about the Men in Black before the movies. Because yeah. we're those guys. Yeah. So, okay. like, the Men in Black, they... I find them super interesting. I don't know necessarily if I find them to be something to be afraid of or something to embrace. It just it depends on the encounter that I read. And it's it's one of those things where again, like the encounters they range from surreal to terrifying. And it just it depends. Yeah. I, I have I have no like firm stance on them beyond bewilderment. That's fair. I can get that. Yeah. Uh, my stance is generally, and this is, like, I've read a lot about the Men in Black over the last, like, two years. I've read uh, the Mothman Encounter. I've read, like, five or six Ned, uh, Nick Redfern books. And, like, Nick goes a long way toward trying to make the Men in Black something horrifying again, something terrifying mm -hmm. to beware, you know? But, like... I keep coming back to the fact that if you can run them off with a ballpoint pen, 
I'm not that worried. Right. You just hand him like a, a flashlight and just watch him like freak out because like I, ooh, makes light. How does the light work? How does light one, work? 100% honest. I keep a tiny flashlight on my keychain specifically to distract the men in black if they <laughs> show up because I've doing been, I've been doing a lot of research and everyone I read, every book I read about the men in black says, if you're doing research on the men in black, you better watch out because they'll show up. They might knock on your door one Sunday night and be like, hello, how are you? We are here to talk to you about aliens. Or like, you know, <laughs> maybe the black-eyed children doing the same thing. And it's yeah. like, hey, let me in. I am a child when it's dinner time. Oh, we, we haven't even, like, touched on the black-eyed children either. But. Oh, shit. We're going to do a whole episode about, like, other creatures yeah. like that because those are fascinating. I really think they're, like, men in black in training. But, but you know, it, it seems to me like the best defense against the men in black is jingling your keys. It really is. It's like a baby. You just yeah. jingle your fucking keys and throw them in the driveway and shut the door. And you're fucking good, man. You give don't him one of those. Worry. Give him one of those keychains. How do you keep an idiot busy? Turn the keychain to find out. <laughs> How do you keep an idiot busy? Turn the keychain to find out. <laughs> that's, that's it right there, buddy. You and me have solved. <laughs> the men in black i don't give a shit what any other podcast does we solved it man they we made will, we will we will make that keychain sell it and call it a men in black deterrent god damn it we are we are fucking kings in the paranormal <laughs> just because of that the the men in black keychain deterrent god damn it i'm trying not to fucking die from laughter here okay so that's been like almost an hour and a half of us talking about the men in black. And David, you are fucking king. Thank you for coming on this show and talking with me about this stupid shit. I cannot thank you enough. Well, I always appreciate being on. It's always like this is stuff that you and I talk about anyway. So this is just like, oh my okay, God, yeah. let's commit it to let's commit it to tape. Yeah. Hey, also, would you be interested in doing a Bigfoot Part 2 with some Bigfoot researchers? Oh, hell yeah. Because I've got some interviews lined up, and I would love to have you on one Sunday mm -hmm. with some folks that are putting on the Natchez Bigfoot Festival. Mm -hmm. And I think you would be the person to have on there because, holy shit, you're, you're <laughs> the man. I love, I love Bigfoot stuff. Sorry. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, and again, we're also going to be doing an episode about the Falk monster. Uh-huh. Uh, I will write it eventually. <laughs> yes, yes he will. I promise even I have to fucking shock him with it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get it done. And next week, I believe it's going to be me and Clark. We're going to talk about Holly Weird. Yeah. We're going to actually de delve into celebrity conspiracy theories like the death of... Paul Simon, and I'm going to be talking about the theory that they replaced Andrew W.K. multiple times. <laughs> oh, because that's not the same... You're going to do the Paul yeah. is dead thing? He's going to do the Paul is dead, because I don't believe that, but like, Andrew W.K., mm -hmm. that's a different dude. Every time I see him, I'm like, that's not the same dude, man. <laughs> Y'all replaced him. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. So, that's next week, I believe, and then 
Sometime after that, Mike would like to do the horrible stupidity of space, which will be about possible alien contact and various conspiracy theories like the moon base. Oh, because secret Nazi Mike, bases on the moon. Goddamn right, motherfucker. Mike is all about <laughs> space conspiracy. He is all over that, especially like shit like the big wow and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He is, you know, if it's space, Mike's on it. Mm-hmm. Like he really needs to wear pants more often, in fact. <laughs> so let's get that out there. Mike the skeptic, not wearing pants. Y'all remember that. Uh, remember, if you would like to ask us questions, brief, not like whole paragraphs or anything. Get deeply personal with us. We want to, like, just put ourselves out there. Yeah, I don't give a shit what you ask. If it's paranormal, personal, uh, ask me about my dick and balls. I don't care. Uh, hit us up at supernaturalselectionpod.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on the Twitter at supernatpod.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Supernatural Selection. Just search for us. Apparently, if you look for us on on a Google, we're the second thing to come up. Awesome. Also, you can find us on Pornhub at SupernaturalSelection.com. Don't. No, 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 you can't. There's no Pornhub. (laughs) We do not have anything on Pornhub. We may have something on Twitter soon but i'm not putting anything on pornhub until i'm way more confident about my own body (laughs) so uh also there is some talk of getting a new separate uh supernatural pod uh supernat pod url but i didn't know supernatpod.horse was gonna cost me 50 fucking bucks (laughs) Uh, and all that's going to be is just a JPEG of our jet horse friend. Oh, dude, you got to draw that, please. please I, it's on the list, horse. man. It's on the list. Please, dude. That's going to be such a great fucking shirt. So, David, now that I've plugged our stuff, tell the wonderful people out there how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can follow me on the socials, the various socials, uh, at HPKOMIC, at HPComic. Uh, I also have my webcomics Cosmic Dash uh, uh, and RGBots. You can just type those into Google and you know, they'll pop up immediately. Um, also, I have a show on Deviant Behavior Radio called The Mutant Hours, Mondays and, and Wednesdays. fucking amazing. Yep. Uh, I like to just play a lot of fun music. I throw in some uh, old uh, public, uh, like the PSAs from the cartoons and little clips from TV yeah. shows I like. It's a lot of fun. It's it's some good vibes. I got a guy at the local Arco who listens, and that was very fun. That's cool. I will have my own eventually uh, here in the next few weeks. Once my once my music is back up, we had to run it through a uh, what's it called where you make everything sound the same volume. The gain, gain, the gain. yeah, MP3 gain. Well, uh, I, I would love to do a, a music show with you too. I may even have you oh, like guest host. I may even have you guest host a uh, uh, episode or a you know a set list for the Mutant Hours or whatever. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. My show is going to be called the. Uh, hang on, give me a second. My brain isn't working. It's going to be called the Super Happy Fun Show. 
with Kevin the Bastard. <laughs> I, I love that. Be- because why not? Yeah, you know, a little positivity. Absolutely. We're going to be so positive that it's going to make your dick hard. So positive you're just going to shit. You're going to shit. <laughs> I just love the idea that I show that's so great. You're just gonna fucking shit. Just wear a diaper when you listen to the Super Happy Fun Show, because holy shit, you're gonna fucking shit your pants. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Again, I cannot thank you all enough for your positive feedback on the show. Again, hit us up at supernaturalselectionpod.com. Hit the contact link and send us any information. I'll be sure to send it to Mike the Skeptic, and he will read it out on the next show he's on, and we will talk about your questions or thoughts. So, until next time, this has been Kevin the Bastard and David Davis. I I did not say that right. Kevin the Bastard and David Davis. Stay frosty. Supernatural Selection has been a production of DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. You can find it and more shows broadcast weekly at DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. Our theme music is Screensaver by Kevin McLeod. It is used through Creative Commons license, and more of his music can be found at incompetech.filmmusic.io.